0: You're listening to Out of the Box, a place for marketers to get inspired, get going, and break Out of the Box. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Jess Overton, and you're listening to Out of the Box, the marketing podcast exploring out-of-the-box approaches to marketing and growth. Today, I'm joined by Sally Chi, growth manager at mobile banking app Chime. Sally, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We'll, uh, we'll start off with a little bit of background. I always like hearing about people's stories. So can you tell us how you got to be uh, uh, to be at Chime?
1: Yeah, so actually, funny enough, um, Iron Source was the very first ad company that I ever joined. We were called Supersonic at that time, and we were a really small ad network. Um, and I actually left shortly after uh, Iron Source acquired Supersonic. And I went over to Unity. Um, they're an AR gaming platform, but they also have an app network. So I stayed on that side of the business for a little bit. And then afterwards, when I decided to make the jump over to the client side, uh, I actually made the jump over to one of my own clients, Nexon. Uh, they're a large global gaming company, and they had a small office in the Bay Area. So I was very familiar with the team. I knew who my manager was going to be, Warren Woodward. Um, I had a really good feel on the things that they were working on. And it was a pretty seamless transition over to the gaming side of things. Uh, so did that for a couple of years and then kind of realized that I wanted to work on a product that was um, a bit more everyday consumer facing and that had a really good mission. Um, Fintech kind of fit what I was looking for. And I wasn't specifically looking for Chime at that time. But when I had went through the interview process, I was like, wow, like these guys are doing something really great here and I want to be a part of it. So join on almost a couple years ago. So I've been here since April 2019. I'm working on um, growing our user base, our growing our consumer base, and it's been really fun and exciting to see how far time has come since I started.
0: That's really cool. So you, you've made a little bit of a reference to, to consumer facing. We've talked a little bit about fintech. But for those of us who are less familiar with Chime and, and what it does, can you give us a little background about the company and the product?
1: Yeah. So Chime's the a mobile banking app. You've heard probably the terms mobile banking or consumer banking or challenger banking or neo banking. They're all kind of one and the same. Um, but for Chime, we make a lot of features that have primarily serve the underbanked um, in America. And our typical user is actually just your typical American. They're blue collar. You know, they're not making as much money as you think they are. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, they're trying to make ends meet. And a lot of the features that China makes is kind of serving these people. So a lot of the features that you see as advertise a lot is stuff like, hey, can you get your paycheck up to two days earlier? Or we're not charging any crazy or unnecessary fees to use our services, or we're going to let you overdraft, you know, up to a hundred dollars into your account so that, you know, when you need to make that extra grocery purchase and you're in the negative, like we're going to let you do that and pay us back later. So that's the biggest differentiator. Um, but we also, we don't profit off of our consumers. And that's a really big difference between us and your traditional big bank. And when you think about, um, you know, your traditional brick and mortar, they're, profiting off of consumers when they make mistakes. And, you know, a lot of these type of paycheckers, they kind of get into the spiral of never being able to get out of debt because they're already in the negative. They're trying to make ends meet. And then what? They're going to charge an overdraft fee. Then, you know, they're going to charge them a monthly transaction fee and then a minimum balance fee on top of that. Um, So, yeah, they're just they're never going to be able to get out of that, that spiraling hole of debt. Um, and for us, we don't make our business model that way. You know, we only profit off of when our when our members profit, um, and, and nothing more than that.
0: That certainly sounds like a a, a great mission. I know there's there's a couple of uh, of similar apps. If we look at a Robin Hood, uh, you know, democratizing uh, uh, the investment space, Chime. It sounds like is democratizing or making at least more accessible and a little bit easier the the banking space. And I gather that there's a couple of competitors in that space, right? So if we talk about Chime or Revolut, totally. uh, and uh, and I'm sure there's going to be others. How do you differentiate yourself from those other challenger banks?
1: Yeah, agreed. The challenger banking space is really crowded now. There's definitely a lot of us. Um, I'd say the biggest differentiator is that, um, well, obviously, I think Chime were definitely the biggest challenger bank to date in the U.S. So We have a lot of the market share, but I think for us, the biggest differentiator is that we're giving our members not just the features inside of the app, we're also giving them tools to eventually improve their own financial lives. And we're telling our members, like, you guys have so much control over your own money. We're going to give you tools. We're going to give you educational content. We're going to give you so much information through our blogs and our social media so that you know how you can spend and manage your money better. Um, And we have a really close relationship with our members Um, and our member services, our customer support teams, our community team, our social teams. They're so great at this where, you know, they're just constantly reaching out to our members and saying, like, like, is there anything else you guys need? Like, how are you guys feeling about these products? Like, can you guys tell us a little bit more about, like, what you guys are struggling with? So they don't just see us as, like, okay, they're this bank and they give us these cool tools to you know, help us manage our money, but they're actually going to proactively help us get there.
0: What sort of challenges have you seen in getting middle America to adopt that mobile banking? Because at least for me, and this might sound like I'm stereotyping and, and I might be in this case, but I, I I know that the populations on the West and the East Coast are, you know, they, they're quite early adopters, certainly of tech and and, and a lot of other things. How did you get to middle America adoption of of your product?
1: Yeah, I actually think the tech part is really an easy transition. I mean, if you think about it, not many people really have to go to a brick and mortar anymore. I mean, if you do, it's probably to like deposit a check or, you know, go to an ATM to get some money. But you don't really need an entire building to do that anymore. And our mobile app makes it so easy to do everything online. Like we, you know, you can, you can transfer your money online, you can process checks, you can go to any of the ATMs through our ATM map that, you know, they actually have found the need that, you know, they, it's okay to not go into brick and mortar. And of course, pandemic made this transition really easy as well.
0: Of course, for sure pandemic has definitely been a nice a nice wave for fintech and and for a whole bunch of other verticals Mm and i i wonder with with the change in or the lack of brick and mortar perhaps that the lack of requirement of brick and mortar do you see any of the more traditional banks swerving into your lane copying features trying to match what chimes offering is
1: oh yeah um i'd say more on they're trying to Kind of ramp up their their mobile side of things. I mean, I think a lot of these traditional brick and mortars already have mobile apps, but seeing how consumers are kind of migrating into that side of the business, you know they've been trying to we've we've seen them launch separate mobile apps just to appeal to these type of consumers. But if you think about it like brick and mortars, they cannot change their business model. like their business model have already been they make their all their money profiting off of fees already. And they owe it to investors to always pay them back. And they've been public for decades at this point. Like there's no way that they can change their entire business model from fees and to make money off of something else. And that's what Chime is based off of. So it's going to be really hard for them to, you know, to, to deliver or to serve any of the features that we're offering.
0: So if we talk about long-term defensibility for, uh, a challenger bank it's really built into the business model right there's not it's not in it's not strictly a technological advantage that you have you have a a built-in moat right there's
1: exactly there's no beating that
0: yeah
1: yep, wow, that's totally. interesting
0: i'd never I'd never thought of that um I'm interested also to know then how you build defensibility against all of those other challenger brands we talked a little bit about how you differentiate yourself how do you make sure that you keep your competitive edge in the long-term.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's definitely going to be tough because, as I said, a lot of challenger banks have similar products now. I mean, we talk about, so Chime became really popular because of get paid up to two days early. And a lot of challenger banks have that option now. So how are we going to differentiate ourselves in the future? I think we just have to really come down and hone in onto what members really need and what they're struggling with. For example, we created SpotMe because we realized that the banks are profiting so much off of overdraft fees. Every time you overdraft, it's $35 um, and people are getting charged this amount over and over again. So how can we continue to solve these problems? So yes, I think we do need to be first to market um, and we need to come out with these features. And I really believe in our leadership team and our product team to continue to develop these features um, at a rate that makes sense. Um, but I also think that the main thing is that we just need to continue to understand our members, and I think we put a lot of emphasis on that at Chime, where um, you know we have to really re- we we really have to be in line with what they need. Uh, we have to really love and care for our members. We have to continue doing those social media outreaches. We have to create a community around telling them that we care about them.
0: That's admirable. I think that's really a. a- a basis of a, of a successful organization. When you're looking at all of those features that you're developing and you're looking at the feedback that you're getting from clients, the engagement from existing clients, how do you turn that back into a marketing strategy?
1: Hmm. So you're saying how are we turning their feedback into marketing strategies?
0: If you're doing well, that at I- all.
1: Yeah, I think the really cool thing is that we actually make our features directly into our ads. Um, And I know that might sound really strange, like, you know, people should know, like, exactly what Chime is. But by marketing our features, like, they know exactly what they're getting into. So actually, when we were launching SpotMe, the very first ad we make was just, like, a simple static. Like, you can get fee-free overdraft with Chime. And we just market all our features directly onto our ads, um, like exactly what that feature is. And we put it out there and people resonate with it because it's clear, it's concise, it's very different. And people respond in a way where they're like, oh man, like if I get Chime, I know exactly like what I'm going to get into with this feature.
0: That's a strong, strong uh, value proposal for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about where... Where you're doing your advertising? What are your main channels?
1: Yeah, so we obviously do a lot of Google, Facebook. Uh, you guys are probably seeing us on TV. Um, so yeah, TV advertising has been really great for us. Um, and yeah, we're I think we're gonna start to split off a little bit into um, you know doing web advertising, and we're gonna be doing some mobile and some out of home at that point. So. Uh, honestly, the mix has been really good for us. Uh, we're trying to diversify as much as possible and just see where, you know, people are going to resonate with Chime.
0: Now you say we, can you tell me a little bit about how big the team is? How many people are you working with? Because you're talking about different worlds, right? We're talking about TV advertising or whether we're talking about yeah. Google, Facebook, uh, the online world.
1: Yeah, our team has definitely been, uh, it's been growing like crazy during the pandemic. Um, So when I first started at Chime, the marketing team was probably only 20 people. And this included everyone who was doing performance advertising, brand advertising, email advertising. Um, We've then since made the distinction of three different teams of of life cycle, brand and performance. Um, And now performance were 10 people in itself. So, we do have one team that concentrates on all the Google properties. We have another team that concentrates on all the Facebook properties. Um, and my team actually focuses on new strategy initiatives. So, that's been really cool for us. Um, I think we have a really good, you know, we, we really hone into testing as much as possible and being everywhere and, and trying to take competitive advantage. Um, so, for us, we're very flexible when it comes to. When it comes to testing and looking for new channels,
0: that sounds like the most exciting vertical to be certainly in. Uh, finding new channels, testing new things—it's always exciting to uh, to ride the wave of a new marketing channel when you discover one. Definitely. What do you think is uh, is uh, is an up and coming channel for 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 the fintech space?
1: Um, I think there's definitely no getting around TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, it's been exploding um, in terms of content. And there's, I mean, I, I think I th- I thought when TikTok started that it was just gonna be a bunch of Gen Zs. But as I got a little bit more familiar with the platform, I was like, man, there's some good content on there that even I'm resonating with, like, I'm finding myself spending a little bit more, you know, a couple more hours on TikTok every single day. And I'm like, Oh, man, what's happening over here. But yeah, I think it's definitely a very valuable platform. Um, I think we have to be aggressive on the platform um, and we have to be able to take advantage of the, the ad space, the limited ad space that they have at the moment. But yeah, I think there's definitely no getting around, around it. I think a lot of advertisers are going to find themselves on the TikTok platform pretty soon and hopefully they explode and, you know, give us a little bit more inventory in the future.
0: I want to lean into that aggression that you talked about, cause you talked about, you said uh, uh, you want to be aggressive on that new channel does that have anything to do with with the the user loyalty like when 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 looking at a challenger bank i guess i i would assume at least that the average user is probably going to try out a couple of apps and then he might stick with one in the end is that true
1: you know it's going to be really hard to do that um if you think about how banking works you're probably going to install an app then you're going to enroll and then after that you're going to have to direct deposits to actually open up a lot of these features And if you want to use a bank as your daily driver, your daily bank, and your daily um, money manager tool, you're going to have to put your money in there. And that includes moving your direct deposit. And this is a really hard event. And a lot of our paychecker demos, they're not using tools like ADP to just move their money back and forth electronically. Like they're literally going to the app and downloading a piece of paper with a routing number on it and then giving it to the employer and saying, hey, can you move my direct deposit for me? And that probably takes another week or so. So yeah, the direct deposit event is not just some two-second transfer. It's going to take a week or so uh, to get this done. And it's very inconvenient. So yeah, we're probably not going to see too much movement um, once they stick with the bank. Um, and if, even if you think about your experience, you're probably not going to want to move your direct deposit between five or six banks at a time.
0: Which I guess makes the the top of the funnel. It makes your job as a marketer that much more important because you really have to get it. You have to get it right. You, I, I, I guess you'd have a, a difficult time convincing users that they should adopt the product.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can always sign up for the product, but how do we get them to become a lifetime user? That's going to be really tough. I'm sure a lot of challenger banks are trying to do the same thing as well.
0: If you can, can you reveal what you think the key is to to driving user adoption?
1: Yeah, I think we just have to be as quick as possible uh, to get to the first user. I mean, I think being the largest challenger bank in the US has a lot of advantages because people are starting to rec- recognize our name and there's a lot of if once I think a lot of the the thing about doing brand marketing is that there's a lot of brand safety uh, centered around your brand brand name so once people are seeing the word chime you know being passed around as they're going to tie that to being a safe brand um, and people are going to be more willing to put their direct deposit into chime than anyone else so yeah I think a mix of doing brand safe safety and being first to market um, and just buying as quick as possible and growing as quick as possible
0: the first mover advantage definitely is uh, is an important one. In our last sure. few podcasts, we've had uh, discussions about contextualization and personalization of the ad experience. Can you tell me a little bit about how Chime goes about personalizing your ads? Because as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, and as I think your CEO, Chris Britt, has said, you really target anyone and everyone in the US. And that makes for a lot of- yep personas and personalization options that you can do. And, you know, I think I just thinking about it, I'd get lost in all the opportunities.
1: Yeah, exactly. And actually that's what makes marketing for us so easy that we don't need to actually personalize our ads. You know, we have all kinds of people from the underbank to the 1% who resonate with the features of Chime. So when we're on, you know, a younger platform like TikTok versus maybe an older platform like Yahoo!, um you know the same ad is going to resonate with both sets of demos and that's been pretty cool for us um and for us i think i mentioned this earlier but we just make ads that are very clear and concise to what our value proposition and what our features are and people are going to see fifi overdraft and be like cool like i want that whether i'm 18 years old or whether i'm 50 years old
0: I love that. That's so that's so great. Just a clear, concise USP. And it's it's available across every demographic possible across a massive country. It's really amazing. You don't you don't see many products that that can benefit from from marketing that that that's that simple.
1: Yes, we're all about the doing being as simple as possible and being clear. And, you know, people know that what they're signing up for when they're clicking on chime.
0: That's really cool. Well, simplicity is certainly something that uh, uh, that should be that should be strived for, and I think in marketing and certainly in banking, simplicity is is something that people are searching for. As the incumbents have made it, I think, and as you've mentioned today, the incumbents have made it not as simple as it might uh, or as it could be to bank. Uh, Sally, I have I have one last question for you. I think. I was struck recently, and and you might have seen this as well, by a particularly good ad campaign from KitKat. It shows uh, uh, it shows somebody's schedule all day with with full of uh, full of Zoom full of Zoom meetings. They got the schedule; it's all full of Zoom meetings. And then somewhere in there, there's two strips of a KitKat bar, and take a break, have a KitKat. And I just thought that was so amazing. It's such a great use of the zeitgeist and you know it's such a such an out of the box marketing campaign i wanted to get your take uh if you've seen something either from chime or anywhere else in your experience recently what's the most out of the box or creative marketing campaign that you've seen
1: Hmm. well i'm not going to talk about like a very specific marketing campaign that we've done but i'm going to talk about one of the coolest partnerships that we've done Um, and that's actually our partnership with the Dallas Mavs and I think I was pretty shocked when it was announced but and this is definitely more on the brand marketing side than the performance side but I think it was just very cool how we decided to go with the Dallas Mavs. Um, Dallas has just predominantly just been a really good city for us in terms of quality. Uh, We have a lot of Chime users who live there, who use the card, who are uh, really great Chime users Um, and actually one of the biggest interests and in our demo is actually basketball. So it just became a really good and natural fit for us to go with the Dallas Mavs. And they've been really great for us. Um, we see them post all over social. And um, you know, maybe in the future, Mark Cuban can give us a shout out on TikTok or something. Who knows? But I hope that, you know, even if we're using them a lot for brand marketing, that we can we we'll see somehow in the future how we can incorporate that into our performance ads as well.
0: That's really cool. I would definitely, uh, if you you get a a company event with Mark Cuban or something, I'd love to get an invite. Uh, But uh, I'll look out for more of of your partnership.
1: (laughs) For sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, thank you very much, Sally. You have been a model guest and uh, it was certainly a very interesting conversation. I love to to learn about uh, new marketing trends and uh, specifically in the fintech fintech space. Uh, it's very very interesting. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Jess.